What's up, nerds? Welcome to another... Well, I guess welcome to the second Not Another Origin Story, the podcast where we dissect comic book movies the way scholars dissect Shakespeare. Wow, that was horrible. I'm going to redo that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep this in. <laughs> no, we'll see. I want everyone to know how much you hate this. <laughs> I do. It's so unnatural. I don't want to be like a radio disc jockey. All right, let's try it again. Welcome to Not Another Origin Story, the podcast where we dissect comic book movies the way scholars dissect Shakespeare. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by Gotham City's assistant DA, Ben Chapman. I've already fallen asleep. Oh, wow. <laughs> Scandalous. It's so, like, it's really unnatural to, like, try to talk in, like, a radio voice. I hate it. Don't worry. Um, everyone will get a chance to see how it's actually done when I host the next one. Oh, is that how it's going to go? It certainly is how it's going to go. It's going to be smooth. <laughs> As always. But let's not waste any time with the pitter-patter of an intro. I want to talk about Batman. True. There is a lot to talk about. So as everybody knows, and hopefully you all did the same, we watched Batman 1989. Uh, this was Tim Burton before he became a parody of himself and decided <laughs> to only cast Johnny Depp in movies. <laughs> oh, my God. It's true. I, I think this movie actually might have ruined Tim Burton's career. This and Batman Returns. After I that, was- he never really did anything that great. Movies, because I like I like weird splatters of Tim Burton movies here and there, and I can't remember which ones I like and don't like. He's a lot to me like um, uh, who am I thinking of? The the guy who does like um, um, oh my god, I forgot every name of every movie just now. Uh, uh like Moonrise Kingdom is his most recent one. Oh, um, um, you know who I mean? Yeah, we'll just I'm move there. on. <laughs> okay. But he reminds me of, like um uh, like that like that director you know Wes Anderson <laughs> did you hear me typing I had to look it up he reminds me of Wes Anderson because Wes Anderson stuff I either really adore it and really really hate it um I think Batman might be one of the latter in this case I kind of I wouldn't say I hated it but I had a, <laughs> this is not a good movie it is it is insane to watch this because I remember like I said I saw this as a kid and I remember thinking it was really really good. And now that I'm like rewatching it, I'm thinking it's not that good. There's a lot of very bizarre. Well, let's just get into it. Uh, the Batman film, of course, starts with its really long 3D Batman logo opening. Whatever happened to title sequences? That used to be a thing that was everywhere. Well, I'm glad they got rid of them because I can't stand it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm the person they had to get rid of it for because I have no attention span. I did, of course. The uh, soundtrack, the score, which heavily influenced the Batman the Animated Series score. The movie starts strong. And then I think I realized we were in for trouble is when it pops up and it says, based on a character printed in DC magazines, not comic books. So I was like, uh-oh. That's Does not it a really good... say that? Yes. It's, Whoa. Uh, that's not a good sign, usually. I, I did not catch that. Yeah, so... That's uh, That was probably the first uh, sign that something was in trouble. I do have to say I love the, the Anton first design of Gotham City in the opening, where it's just like a mismatch of just like the most random architecture designs of all yeah. time. You know what that reminds who, who did you say that was? You know who the designer was on that? Yeah, Anton first. Oh, you're going to be full of facts this episode, I can tell. Um, but to me, like Gotham City felt like uh, watching Blade Runner. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, it has that. Uh, he actually described it in an interview. He said that the idea was what would have happened had New York City been built up without an 
they had an architecture committee that basically said you couldn't design buildings unless they looked a certain way. So right. he said, what would happen if people just designed buildings however they wanted? And his design is great. And he's part of what I would term the odd uh, curse of King Tut on this movie because the second <laughs> writer – what's his name? Um, Warren Scar, I think is his name. Is that really a writer's name? On man, He sounds like a villain in Batman. Warren Scaran? Scaran? I'm not sure how you say his last name. He died You've shortly. Ruined it. He died okay. shortly after, make, or after writing this movie. And Tim Burton and Sam Hamm. Sam Hamm is a much worse name for a writer. Uh, they villain. blame pretty much all of the problems with this movie on this dude. Because there was a writer's strike while they were filming this movie. And so Sam Hamm couldn't come in and do any of the rewrites. So they had this Warren guy come in and do it. And basically, I just feel like he's dead. So they were just like, uh, you know, he, it's his fault. He ruined the movie. But then <laughs> Anton first, he did this movie, couldn't do Batman Returns because of another contractual obligation. And then like a year later, because of depression, killed himself. So this movie, you know, two people who were very involved in this film didn't make it long after its release. What are you saying? I'm just saying it's a little bit of King King no, no. Curse. I want to follow this sort of what are you getting at? I'm getting at this movie killed those two people and Tim Burton's ability to direct. You've heard it here first. All right, let's start off. The movie starts in what has to be one of the most amazing scenes, which is the world's dumbest man trying to hail a cab. I've never seen somebody hail a cab and then stand there and talk to the cab driver. You usually get in the cab and tell the cab driver where you want to go. You don't just Come to Chicago. I... I have genuinely mumbled fucking tourists to myself as I walk through the streets. It's not even something I think about. It's just a, it's just a complete gut reaction at this point. I understood that sequence. <laughs> I don't think they were supposed to be tourists, though, were they? That's what I wasn't uh, sure of. Because he says it will look like, like tourists. So I was like, are they? do they live in Gotham? But in my opinion, the dad really gets what's coming to him. Because... Even if you're like you think you know where you're going, who walks down like a back alley that's like a loading zone in which there's like yeah. two hobos making out as you walk by? No like, one takes alleys. No one does that. And then they run into, as I would refer to them, faces of meth. The two guys who mug them have like, oh my god, was that makeup or was that just choice casting? I can't tell. I, don't... I really the latter. The red makeup around the eyes was a little too much. But this leads to one of the first of the many great special effects in this film, which is cartoon Batman on top of a rooftop, where it's... he hears a scream and a cartoon <sighs> version of him walks into a building. His video effects are very weak. Yes, which is – some of that is based on they built models of those buildings. So uh, I also found it uh, – there's the awkward American Express product placement when the yeah. buggers are going through the guy's wallet. Okay, I, I want to stop making a point. There's a lot of that in this movie. Was that a symptom of late 80s, early 90s films? I feel like it kind of was. Yeah, watched was, some stuff. I think Product this is, placement was everywhere. Yeah, and I think this was sort of the time where there was blowback from fans who were just like, what, can you quit showing like Pepsi cans like 90% of the screen? I, and I want to be clear. No, someone doesn't just say... I've got. I found an American Express card. He he says the tagline. He gives he, he gives the phrase from the commercials of "Don't leave home without it." I mean, it's just a joke, but yeah. it's still it was written in there. Someone wrote that down. 
on a typewriter, I assume. They were using typewriters in 89, right? Probably. Uh, <laughs> what I enjoy, though, is he even puts on, like, a little voice, like he's imitating the commercials. Yeah. So it's not even just – but it's, like, sort of a weird product placement because you're like, these two are drug dealers who almost just shot a, man, or a, a woman and her child for what appears to be a guy who had about $800 in ones in his wallet because they seem to be counting that cash forever. Well, you know he's a tourist. He's just coming in for Gotham City's illustrious strip clubs. Because, <laughs> really, what do you come to Gotham City for to vacation? This, from what the film shows, nothing. I was going to say, unless you've but, got, like, a bag of heroin in your small yeah. intestine. <laughs> I mean, all Gotham has to offer is unending night, apparently, because this movie's like, never in the day. And, and just slimy street corners is all I see here in Gotham. Yeah, it does seem like every building was producing toxic waste. <laughs> also in that scene, though, we get the first of what I'm going to call the many Batman slowly roping into and out of shots. Like, he enters so slowly in the background of that shot that it's just like, ooh. And then he walks up to the criminals and is immediately shot. Yeah. Proving how good he is at being Batman. And I like that the, the movie tries to, I guess, maybe kind of tries to imply to you that he, he saw that coming, hence the Kevlar. But... He, he can't enter every fight thinking he's going to get shot. That's not a good strategy. Well, he was also, like, less than a foot away from the guy. I feel like he could have just reached out and pushed the gun aside. I mean, it's he... almost as if it surprised him that yeah. he had a gun. He was like, he oh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That contingency hadn't occurred to Batman. Uh, also, after that scene, I'm not sure how the police are... How they're told to arrive and how they're arresting these two, unless, the, I guess, maybe the people they mugged ID'd them. But there's Detective Eckhart. Yeah, I swear, if he was not like ADR, which is like where they go back and record dialogue after the movie's already been filmed, he definitely is. I mean, it must be. But like ADR by like what I I assume is like some like a pit bull somebody taught to talk. <laughs> he's so hard to understand, and he just grumbles everything he says. They they brought James Earl Jones in uh, to the studio, and they punched him in the throat, and then yeah, they had they just sport. put some marbles in his mouth. <laughs> No, I, I yeah, it's it's absurd, and it stands out like so hard. I, I especially compared to I think he's with Knox, the reporter in that scene, yeah. who's got who's got a very meek kind of persona. So the two of them are like Abbott and Costello in that first scene. It's incredible. Oh yeah, Knox is definitely he's definitely in like a whole different movie than everybody else, in which they were just <laughs> like just throw out any one liner you want, we'll keep it. Uh, speaking of Knox, after this scene, we go straight into the Gotham newspaper where Knox is being made fun of for knowing who the Batman is and he comes across Vicky Vale at his desk and sees the Time magazine which she's on and I don't did you happen to read the what it says on the Time magazine I don't recall I do recall that it's about like her photography in war yes it's Corto Maltese which is actually a place in the the DC universe which was oh, a nice shit. little homage yes but below Damn. that it says this, and these are exact words. I watched this movie with okay. my two brothers because my oldest brother was in town this week. Right. And he pointed this out. It says, Picks by Vicky Vale. That's what it says on Time Magazine's cover <laughs> about what appears to be like a genocide somewhere. <laughs> Check out these hot shots. Yeah, it's just like, look at these pics, man. I was just <laughs> like, that's a really bizarre sort of like toss in line. So we, I, I, the whole. I didn't cool. exactly understand the whole Vicky Vale part because she's is she being paid by the newspaper? Did she just show up because she likes taking photos? 
it's very unclear. As is what whatever the hell Knox does on a daily basis. He seems to just obsess about the Batman and not actually solve any crime. Which, I don't know if you noticed, on his, he has the corkboard behind him. And his only newspaper clipping on it is a picture of the Popeye balloon from the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> so I'm not sure what article that tied into. But he's really <laughs> Wait, researching it. Is he just like the local events guy? The guy that covers like when like uh, someone's, you know, baked the world's largest cake or something? Like, you know, just the, that local culture dude? Is that what his job is? <laughs> because if it, it was, seems like it might be. It, that would make sense, except for the fact that he has no idea that Bruce Wayne's parents have been murdered. Which I assume had to be a huge deal when it that's happened. That's gotta be big news. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's like the Lindbergh baby kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where it's just like. Nobody remembers that the richest people in this city were murdered in front of their, like, eight-year-old son? Yeah. <laughs> Very bizarre. Uh, after, after that, though, we get introduced to Jack Napier, the first time the Joker's ever been named, and really the yeah. only time the Joker's ever been given a full name. Correctly uh, so, yeah. Oh. And uh, that's like a... I don't know, he's, he's there with Jerry Hall, who... Used to be married, I think, Mick Jagger, if I remember right. So they set up a little weird thing where he's apparently, she's apparently dating his mob boss. I don't know, but he comes off so unlikable in that scene. Yeah. And at the end, she's like, You look good. And he's like, I didn't ask. And she, he walks out and she smiles like it was cute. Yeah. I'm like, That guy's a She's dick. got a type, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, which is just old asshole. Because we find out she's uh, she's dating Jack yeah. Palance, who it has been a long time since I've seen Jack Palance in a film. I forgot his unique brand of acting. Mm-hmm. I think he should maybe be in line with uh, Christopher Walken in the let me just add random pauses to my dialogue. I was going to say Shatner. Yeah, yeah like the, definitely. That's sort of – Is that just like an old school they all went to of acting where that was taught thoroughly is to is to take huge pauses for like – the old film reel to catch up or yeah, something. Like, so that, the like, guy can crank it. So he's cranking yeah, it kind of slow. Crank, yeah, yeah. Always pause for the guy to crank the next film spool in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever heard this. This has nothing to do with Batman. But you know Christopher Walken, when he gets a script, they say he goes in and he has somebody remove all the punctuation from his lines and then yeah. get back to him. So I have heard that, and I don't, I don't get it really, to be honest, because most most lines are going to be, you know. A sentence? <laughs> There's not a lot of questions in well, movie. He, he, he hates commas, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I've heard people say that before, but I don't quite get the game of that because, I mean, you can tell. If you took a punctuation away from a question, I think you're still going to get it. But anyway. Uh, yes, uh, yes, the movie. Here's, a, here's something that I found fascinating. Uh, the next scene we kind of go to is the mayor. And he's yep. being interviewed by the local TV network in which he's talking about Gotham's two hundredth anniversary, and he wants to have a parade. And his whole plan, if I understand it correctly, is they'll have a parade, and all the businesses that have left Gotham because it's like a den for criminals and it's just like a complete shithole, they're all going to move back because they had a parade. Because those are his exact words. He yeah, says, we have a parade. The people will come back to <laughs> the businesses will come back, and I'm like. They need to reelect a new mayor, man. This guy is – and throughout the movie, he insists that they have to have this parade. Even when like hundreds of people are being murdered, he's just like, nope, still got to do it. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the mayor of that small town that wanted to host a beach festival despite a giant shark being <laughs> offshore. 
exactly. They're like, don't you hear about this uh, this bat? No, don't worry about it. Except, except in the case of Jaws, the festival actually had serious financial like like importance to the town. <laughs> yes, it was like it was like one of the three months they could make money being a beach community. Whereas a, a fucking Macy's Day parade is not going to help. And which who would want to go I, to one in Gotham? I know <laughs> I'm jumping ahead, but I have to ask this before I don't ask it later. Was the moment at the end when the Joker has his floats come out with the gas in it? Was that supposed to be the parade? Because that was like 2 a.m. What, yes. what was happening there? I I'm get, sorry. We'll get to that when we get to it. But I yeah, just had, I think they actually cancel it, and the Joker restarts it with his own parade, and we'll get to it like because four we four in the morning, and there's so many people out. <laughs> well, he promises he's going to give away like twenty million dollars or something. Uh, we do go at that same scene though. To get back to it, we are introduced yeah. to Billy D. Williams as Two Face, who signed on to be contractually obligated. He was supposed to be Two Face when they put Two Face in a movie. Would have been so cool. They paid his contract out so they could cast Tommy Lee Jones in Batman Forever. So oh. that plan definitely turned out well. He, Billy Dee Williams gets no respect. He gets uh, no. But you got to admit, Tim Burton or whoever casted this movie way ahead of their time because you know with Black Nick Fury and you know here they were taking that's a really good point. Yeah, they were being progressive except for for women. Uh, <laughs> Then we go to the fundraiser at Wayne Manor, in which uh, Vicky Vale shows up dressed in what I can only describe as either a wedding dress or the worst prom dress ever made. <laughs> like, 89 fashion is not good to anybody in this movie. There's, like, some very bizarre fashion choices that I've never, that I did not notice or remember from the 80s. It's during this scene that you get to see the comic famous uh, suit suits of armor. Yes, which. It's is not so a thing. creepy. Is that like a reference to him wearing a suit? Is, are they trying to play something there? Because they spend a long time in that room. That is not a brief scene. No, and what's the weirdest part to me about that whole scene is, all right, they go into this room. There's like a, a suit of armor from like the Middle Ages, a samurai suit, a guy who looks like some sort of weird like tribal leader who Knox refers to as king of the wicker people. And then what appears to be like a chem trooper from World War One, and the the piece that Knox is confused by is the one that looks exactly like a piece of samurai armor. He's like, "Where do you think this is from?" I'm like, "That's the one you're curious about." <laughs> Look, cut him a break. It's not like he's a reporter or anything. Well, it's he's not only like the he's local. Supposed to understand things. He's never left. And Wayne and Vale's meet cute in that scene is just so like there's just no charisma and they do this weird thing to try to be like look at how rich bruce wayne is he's going to open up six bo six boxes of champagne and it's like yeah he's he's having a gigantic fundraiser in his house like, you don't need to tell me how rich he is you showed the outside of his house i understand he's living in downton abbey and, and then he gives uh he gives knox his own grant which i assume he will use to cover the next parade and or well that's how he bought that, that bat and that gas mask he wore at the end of the movie he used that grant for that <laughs> while this is all happening commissioner gordon is playing craps and doing just a stellar job of not betting not waiting to figure out what he needs to roll and just constantly throwing the dice but he gets interrupted by a police officer telling him about the Axis chemical set piece, which is about to go down. We found out that uh, Jack Palance is Carl Grissom, 
I think that's his name, uh, has set up <laughs> the author. Oh, Car- is that is that the author's name? Damn it. No, it's John Grissom. I'm just I can oh, going. okay. Because <laughs> also I was like, ooh, did I do that? Um, but they're they he set up the Joker by sending him to access chemicals, and he's yeah. told the police where he's going to be. And this is a moment which I think we might be able to do in every movie we do. This is a moment where the entire film could be shifted if anybody had like even the remotest common sense. The Joker <laughs> shows up. It's a setup. The cops show up and decide to try to walk through a chemical factory to find him instead of just waiting outside by the cars they're going to come to to leave and shooting them as they exit the building. It's cop procedure to run blindly into a chemical plant and fire at pipes because the more steam means you're doing a good job. And the more chemicals, that's what you're really looking for. Yeah. Hey, also, a factory that appears to be on, I want to point out. <laughs> Shit's running in there. <laughs> and in which, at one point, Jack Napier runs guy up. That just, it like, starts just, like, smoke? pulling levers and switches like he knows yeah. what they do. No. Like, there's a whole backstory where he got his start working in that chemical plant, I guess. Also, I want to point out, at some point, this movie, I just, as a general theme, is the darkest thing you've ever seen. And I don't mean thematically. I mean the lighting. I mean, yes. they, had, they had no one running lights. They, they they only filmed at night. They filmed indoors only, and they shut all the lights off. Because I had to, like, turn the... I had to close the blinds in my living room to understand what was happening in this scene. And then on top of that, the fucking... The police officers are wearing dark black, like, like SS trooper jackets. <laughs> yes, Did you I thought that? that was weird. I was like, they're dressed like it's, like, 1920, and they're <laughs> motorcycle cops. I, there was definitely some – and then, of course, they're being led by Eckhart, who uses, like, a bullhorn, which I'm like, is that even productive? It shows it, 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 the bullhorn is is black. Someone spray-painted it black because they're traditionally, like, you know, white or red or yellow. This one is pitch black as if they bought it from, like, the like the bullhorn distributor. I'm like, no, no. No, no. This is Gotham City. We got to paint this black. Everything's black, including the tux that Commissioner Gordon still shows up wearing. He didn't bother to change, at least oh, take God. the jacket or the tie off. Also, I, I gotta say, the casting on, on, on Commissioner Gordon is a disappointment. Especially coming from someone with the perspective of, of the current Commissioner Gordon being, um... Oh, who, you know the actor. Uh, this is gonna happen a lot, by the way. I'm terrible with the actor names. but Gary uh, Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. But th- he looks like a superintendent in this movie. Like, he's well, he not looks like, a uh, presence that you are, like, respect or idolize. He looks like uh, the guy who played... Uh, commissioner gordon in the batman tv show in the 66 tv show if he just like completely <laughs> let himself go <laughs> and like just something. didn't care Jesus. and what's bizarre is him and alfred are the only two actors who make it through all four batman movies really would commissioner gordon come back that yes. commissioner gordon yeah oh, i'm so disappointed well you'll Big... be even more disappointed because when we do batman and robin you'll see some of the best worst acting ever you're telling me that they kicked out Billy Dee Williams and then they kept that portly schlub as Commissioner Gordon for four yes. movies? And then they like so, just crapped all over the guy who played so, Alfred, who was like a respected British actor. They were like, we're just yeah. going to keep putting you in dumber and dumber movies. Oh, boy. Uh, Batman shows up at the, at the uh, chemical plant and does, once again, a slow rope intro yep. in which he does an, like, uh, an okay job, I guess, fighting people. But then... Shows up and the Joker gets kind of the drop on him after his his henchman Bob uh, wow. points a gun at Commissioner Gordon, and so Batman leaves. 
and then just watches as the Joker kills Eckhart from like yeah, just really stands far away. There. He just stands there. I was stunned in that scene. He was like, I he he didn't disappear very far. When he when he's when the camera pans back to him, he's two feet away, just waiting for him to finish. And this is I've seen this movie a few times. This has to be the first time I've ever realized that the bullet bounces off of the the like the wall behind him and goes through his cheeks. And that's his what fucking face. That's I what wrote gives that. him the Joker smile. I never. That's how little this movie registered with me. I never even realized that. I. I my, I want to point out right now, my notes have, in all caps and then bolded, the bullet went through his fucking face. Like, I was well, he got, so like, a real 50, 50 cent shot, you know what I mean? Like, just right through the cheeks. I imagine that was their attempt to explain his plastic surgery for the smile. Not necessary. <laughs> it's okay. His hair is green. I don't need you to shoot him in the face so I can, I can justify his smile. Holy God. Well, what's great, too, is after that scene... Like, I don't think – I mean, it's it's been a running gag that in all the Batman movies, except for I think the last of the new Nolan ones, Batman can't really turn his head. It's Never so pronounced. has it been so noticeable as when oh he's on the God. catwalk and he turns one direction and there's cops there and then he turns the other direction. But it's like he does such a full body turn that it's... you're just like, holy smokes. And then the slowest roping up I've ever seen where I'm like, the cops could just shoot him right now if they wanted. Batman has the – the agility of someone in a neck brace in like every scene and yeah he i I think i climbed a rope faster in gym class this it's ridiculous how bad he gets out of scenes all of his fight scenes from from start to finish even when he's in a jet he's very bad that jet is very slow when you really think about it considering what we know of jets We'll cover the jet when we get to the jet. True. I wrote uh, a lot about the jet. The jet made me furious. After this, we go to uh, Batman and Vicky Vale's date, which I assume is just the next night. And it's a it's a real comedy date. They're at a big table. Bat, you know, Bruce Wayne's never eaten in this room. They go eat with Alfred. Side note: I I did some of my own looking up of stuff, little 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 post post recording r- research. Uh, those are improvised scenes that you're bringing up here by Keaton. He brought some of his comedy into the, the most you know the character most known in the comics for being a funny guy, a real crack up. <laughs> and I don't mean Batman. I mean Bruce Wayne. Because even if you paint Batman in a goofy sense like the comic book did, Bruce Wayne is the most boring person alive. Well, what's also interesting is um, that I completely forgot how I was going to end that sentence. On another, <laughs> I really don't remember what I was going to say. Was the sentence how Bruce Wayne looks like an accountant in those glasses? Because he does. It's awful. Michael Keaton also has like a weird hair thing going on where it looks like he painted a Brillo pad black and just stuck it on his <laughs> head. Which I know, me of all people, as a, like a man who's going bald in his early 30s, I shouldn't be pointing the finger at people's hair. But I thought it was a very interesting hair look that i'd never noticed um i will say too real quick uh, michael keaton also improvised the line i'm batman the iconic line so we owe him for every movie having i'm batman in it i I believe you but did that line necessarily need to be improvised because technically that's one word and then the title of the film i can i I, Apparently I don't think the original line. I think there's a limit, a word character limit, and one of them can't be the title of the movie. Well, I think it was more just like he forgot. Like, it was like, I am the knight, and he was just like, I am... Who am I playing? Batman. Bruce Wayne. Batman. I don't know. Pick one. 
the 80s, as I recall, 89, I remember there being, you know, a big deal about the AIDS scare and that sort of thing. But, man, Vicky Vale just plows Bruce Wayne in record time. They have one dinner with an old man and immediately have sex while she's drunk. So could be a little date rapey there. I'm sorry. If we need to pull aside a, a quote to put on, like, the... You know, whatever the, the, the podcast is going to have, can it please be your comment about Vicky Vale? <laughs> I'm uh, just saying it's a little odd to me, but not as odd as what becomes the most shoehorned romance in a comic book movie until Daredevil. <laughs> and I'll go into that more as, as we go on. I do agree. Before you say anything else, I completely agree. It gets like really bizarre when you really begin to think about it, but... We get the we get the classic another Michael Keaton improvise here, Batman hanging upside down like a bat. Brilliant. What? I'm sorry. Did we not establish yet that Bruce Wayne is Batman? Do we need more visual cues? Well, I guess I guess too. Like nothing. If he's like, I gotta protect my secret identity. I'll just do this in the same room as a woman I just banged, and hope she doesn't wake up and look over. Don't, don't point to that as the gap in logic. Actually ask the question, why is he upside fucking down? It is very what's, weird. And then he appears the to he appears to afterwards go to sleep on a couch instead of in his bed with her, which I thought was very weird. And she wakes up and is immediately like, uh, I'll see, come eat lunch with me today. I'll call, you know, it's just like immediately yeah. you're getting real clingy for a millionaire playboy here. You got to tone it down, lady. Also, I, I mean, there's no point to just sleeping upside down. It doesn't make him closer to being a bat. And it would go- make him really nauseous because all the blood would rush to your head and you'd eventually it, pass out. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's not like he's doing other bat things like screaming or shitting on the floor. Maybe there's or- a scene that they cut out where he's <laughs> trying to find a cup and he's just yelling at the... The cabinet or something. Eyes closed, screaming in his kitchen, and then taking a shit on the floor before eating a, I don't know, bugs? Is it a bad guess? Or maybe some sort of fruit. (laughs) And Alfred's just walking behind him, sweeping it up. Uh, We also get the the ever iconic Joker scene where he wakes up, uh, or where he's done having facial surgery, which in the continuity of the film appears to be happening the same night as the Batman sex romp. Which we assume is the next day, and his face is 100% healed. Like, the doctor completely sealed up the bullet wound. There's no real scarring. He doesn't have to wear bandages. He did a bang. You see those tools he had to work with? He did a bang-up job. Yes, which I also thought it was odd that the guy was even, like, trying to explain himself. It's like, you're in a room that looks like it's underneath of a toilet, judging by, like, all the stuff that's on the walls. I don't think he's really faulting you for your job. It's oh, warehouse surgery, dude. You don't need to manage expectations. You're the warehouse surgery guy. It's cool. You have one light bulb, apparently. <laughs> you had to go buy a new one after the Joker smashed it. You can't even afford, a, like, a, a lampshade to put over it. You just have a bulb just hanging from the ceiling. A bulb light and four implements that will be inappropriate to cut metal with. The one is definitely what appears to be a hacksaw like i think he might have been doing some light like tree trimming at one point and then came in to do a surgery yeah he didn't use that one so which of the two prongs did he use to completely repair a man's face and apparently solved chemical damage i don't understand but a good work sir i know how that guy lost his medical license we'll never know (laughs) he apparently was pretty fucking good maybe he was too good they chased him out (laughs) 
We get the great scene where the Joker is waiting in Jerry Hall's room when she comes back and she sees his face and faints. And I was watching it with my brothers, like I said, and my brother Danny was just like, she saw a way bigger mouse on, on Jagger than, you know, the Joker. She should be used to that. All right, we may have skipped over the fact that at some point during the surgical procedure, they gave the Joker a new chin. Because that is a definitely different jawline than he was working with. That is, that is prosthetic chin, if I've ever seen one. Well, they really pumped up his cheeks too, and I think they might have—I think they might have done like a little ass tuck because it looked a lot tighter when he was going up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a real full-service plastic surgeon. Well, I mean, he, he's in there; he's got. He finished wait. the face in like hour one, so yeah, and he was bored, so he said, "He was like, wow, that healed super fast." <laughs> huh, I'm great at this. Here came. Here comes another scene in which this movie, in my opinion, is like. I don't know if it's supposed to be sort of like it's Batman just starting out, so he's not good at stuff. But he is—he lives on Wayne in Wayne Manor in Wayne Estate, which appears to be miles and miles away from Gotham City, with like a wood in between it and Gotham City. He pulls out of his house and is tailed by Vicky Vale, who is sitting outside of his house. Why would he ah. not notice that car? That's there should a good be point. no cars there. Yeah. He yep. drive, and then he drives all the way into Gotham City, which I did appreciate they put this in. This was a good nod to the comics. He he goes to Crime Alley yep, uh, and drops off the roses. Wait. He's there for like a good 10 wait, seconds. Wait, why'd you call it – is it really called Crime Alley? Yes. That, that can't be accurate. I'm fairly oh, undo certain. It. Undo it. That <laughs> can't be real. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is actually known as Park Row. But they renamed it Crime Alley after the murder of the Waynes. <laughs> oh, the mayor? The I mayor renamed it Crime Alley. My brother said the same thing when I said that. I'm like, oh, he went to Crime Alley. Yeah, just head over to Murdered Parents Theater. It's right across the street from Crime Alley. Jesus. Uh, from there, though, we go straight over to the Joker. Oh, I guess he. in the meantime, the Joker's met with all the heads of the mob families and killed one of them by shocking them to death with a... Hand buzzer? Yep. Good battery power in that hand buzzer. And with a sweet special effect that does not at all look ridiculous in this day and age. You know what, though? As much as I want to rip on it for being obviously, like, a bad bit, I, I love that scene, though. Really? That, my favorite part of Joker the scene, for me. My favorite part of that scene is when afterwards they open the door and a SWAT team of Joker minions run in, all wearing matching leather jackets with okay. Joker patches on them. Yeah, Quick pause on that. Who the fuck are those guys? I have to know. And I don't I don't have to know in the sense that I'm like curse like 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 curse you film for for having these plot holes. I want to know because I want to cut out all these boring Vicky Vale scenes. I want to spend 10 minutes watching the Joker recruit an army in like a day. I want to what, what I want to see is him go find the graphic designer, tell yeah. him what he wants. Then go and get a, an estimate on getting some nice, uh, like, stitched patches. Where can I find purple leather? I don't know. Bob, can you look into that for me? Thanks. I, I, I don't know who they are. Because he's a mobster before, clearly. So he probably had, you know, goons that were under his employ. That's not them. Because one of them's, one of them's a ninja, to be clear. Which is <laughs> we'll get to later. But also, they're like, they're, we they're wacky. And yes. they're upbeat, and they're really into prints. So I don't, 
I don't know. I don't, they're definitely not mobster goons. So are they a local theater troupe that's decided to break bad? Who are they? I don't know. What I did find interesting is their mean age is about 45. If you really look at them. <laughs> that's accurate. No, actually, no, it checks out. It checks out. These guys are older. This is in the 80s. Uh, these guys were ge- a gang back in like the, the 40s. And now... They're, you know, they want to, they want to come back to when they were like the bumblebees or whatever, and they want to be a, they want to be a gang again. And they <laughs> brought their they, jackets. Exactly, <laughs> they already had the jackets. They just needed a sweet Joker patch. And they're into doing things to uh, set the music. They're all, they're on board with that already. So that makes the rest of the scenes make sense. It's like that gang in Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Joker, though, the mime scene where it appears as though the mafia is having a press conference to let everybody know that Grissom has transferred his holdings to other <laughs> mobsters? Yeah, are they supposed to be, like, legitimate businessmen? Because no one seems to think they are. Who's letting them have a press conference? More importantly, why would they even tell anyone regardless? <laughs> yeah, they gotta keep up PR. That's evidence that they own what could possibly be a criminal activity. You gotta keep the PR up when, you, when you're a part of the, uh, the vaguely Italian mafia in Gotham. Well, and then the Joker shows up and throws a, f- a feather pen into a man's throat and kills him. And then and he's... everyone stands by. And then the two cops that are behind them wait another minute to pull their guns as the mimes pull out Tommy guns and unload what has to be conservatively 500 rounds and only hit four people. Yep. They are really bad at Accurate. shooting. Accurate. I also want to point out that their cover for showing up this close to the press conference without being spotted instead of wearing their usual outfits, which are just jackets and don't stand out that much. They dress like 12 mimes. How is that? The eighties dude, they were, it was lousy with mimes. There was a real mime epidemic. Is there even one mime in Gotham fucking city? (laughs) Who comes to Gotham to practice their mime craft? Apparently some people, because Bruce looks at Bruce, the world's greatest detective looks at four mimes standing in a group and was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Those mimes are around again. Also, there's a great scene where Bob has been sent by the Joker to spy on Knox to see if he can find out about Batman. Yep. And he's like behind a pillar and he keeps leaning out like it's a Warner Brothers cartoon. Like he leans out and takes a picture, then leans back and completely disappears. It was just lacking the cartoon sound effects. (laughs) After this, Vicky Vale asked Knox to look up why Wayne went to Crime Alley. Again, how does no one know that his parents were murdered? It's so bizarre to me because, like, in the Batman mythos, uh, Dr. Wayne is, like, a huge philanthropist. He does all this stuff for Gotham. He's, like, the most famous person, and he's murdered. And somehow no one remembers it because it was 20 years ago. Right. It's, It's absurd. It's absurd. (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing else to say. I don't know why the writers thought it would be fun to make everyone act like it was a secret. So it can be like a cool reveal. But like the audience knows. Yeah, so it was just very odd. What's accomplished by that? I don't know. It's absurd. We also get the scenes where Alfred keeps telling Wayne to uh, – he should call Vicky Vale. Isn't it nice when she's here? And at this point – I began to think, I was like, oh man, Alfred's really pushing for this woman. And then I was like, wait a minute, she's only been there once. She came there for a party, talked to him for five minutes, then came back and had sex with him, and then sat outside of his house to follow him. That's so far 
the entire run of their relationship in the movie. It checks out. So it checks out. And Alfred is like, you should definitely marry her. I'd love it if you like. It's so weird. I just think he wants to retire, really. But how, how do you think that? Che- I, I think that checks out. How do you think I got married? You know, because <laughs> your your butler told you to. I met Sarah at an illustrious galley, uh, uh, gala, and uh, after checking out some of my amazing uh, suits of armor, yeah, she just uh, came, came over once and then hung outside of my apartment. And followed you, and you were and like, fo- oh, I guess I'll just me. marry her. And that's just, uh, yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a classic story. Uh, there's also a great scene after that where the Joker finds out about Vicky Vale, but Bob shows up with the photos he was sent to take. And the one he has has of Knox looks like a headshot for Robert Wall. Like they like it was like a makeup test or something. Like it snuck into the props by accident. Yeah, like they were just like, oh shit, nobody took a picture of uh, Robert Wall. What are we gonna do? And they're like, just use his headshot. You know, it's just like it's framed that you're just like, where was he at that he took that picture? <laughs> then we find out that Vicky Vale has been invited to dinner at a museum. There's a question I want to ask you. You live in a big city. I don't. Yeah. Do a lot of museums in Chicago have restaurants built? Like, right inside the, the viewing gallery? So you can sit underneath priceless oil paintings with steam yeah. coming off your food? Yeah, yeah, uh, duh, all of them. And um, I want to know that they have no security, and uh, no one's ever paying attention to them at any given moment. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Checks out. <laughs> uh, I thought that, that I found really odd. But the other thing I find out about that scene is... The music? Calls- well, we'll get to that in a second. She calls <laughs> to tell Wayne that she's going to be late. And he's like, wait, I'm not meeting her. She shows up. She sits there. And it looks like it's been a long time because she seems, like, bored by the time the Joker, the mask shows up that says to put it on. Yeah. Batman still has not shown up. How long does it take this guy to get to town? Like, he lets everybody in the museum die just so he can make a cool entrance later? When he has to get to Crime Alley, in no time. When he's got when he's got a dinner date, he's got to make a few stops first. But now we need to talk about probably the biggest moment in this film, which is the Joker arrives at this museum with his gang of middle-aged toughs and one Asian guy who's just carrying a candelabra for some reason. <laughs> and they begin to play Prince. One of two, one of two Prince songs made for this movie. Well, I'm going to tell you something, and this what might the hell? Be, this might be revealing again too much about myself. I owned the Batman soundtrack on tape, the the Prince Batman soundtrack, which included actually I think like five or six Prince songs. I'm sorry. How do I how do I end this Skype call? Which button is it? <laughs> it's you know what? We'll just it's fine. Let's just keep going. You can right. judge me later. Uh huh. No, I'm doing it now. Oh oh, this is awkward. Also in that scene, Joker wearing that sweet, sh- like, silk chef's hat. I I just, I'm just, there's going to be a couple points as we wrap this up where I'm just going to have nothing to say because I can't. There's nothing to say. You have nothing to say about the scene where they're just painting over all oh, the random paintings? And dancing, and then... <laughs> it's so bad. Jesus. And then they have the most pointless car chase after Batman saves Vicky Vale. Yep. Useless car chase. Useless use of a grappling hook to round a basic corner. Also, don't forget, he's using what is essentially Siri for his Batmobile. He's saying, go, because he says, he says start or whatever to his car. And then when the car is approaching him, he says stop. And it barely stops in time. First off, a lot of trust in voice-activated technology. Not a prevalent thing at the time. But also, that means that during the preceding scene, when you just see the car driving around, he's saying left 
right left like is he direct the fucking car i wish we could have seen that scene joysticks were invented in the 80s bruce you can go with that remote controls exist you don't have to go voice command and definitely don't stand in front of a car on a rainy street and be like stop because you're just asking for some knee trouble then i mean we've already confirmed that you're not great at dodging stuff aka bullets so maybe don't try and test your car's voice technology he also then when the grappling hook gets stuck falls off of falls down lands in some trash is unconscious and lets joker's men unmask him before he gets up and starts fighting which is also an interesting plan by batman you you neglected that the only reason that he was able to get up in time was because vicky vale flashed her camera and distracted the goons True, and then yeah. this is where the ninja shows up, and Batman fights a guy with some Ginsu knives and wins by basically kicking him really hard in the face. That guy will then come back for a fight later on, yeah. He's all about the flips. Batman goes, or Bruce decides after talking with Alfred a little bit that he's going to go and tell Vicky Vale that he's Batman. At this point, they've only been on one date, and he's going to reveal that he is Batman. Which is completely insane. I mean, at least, like, go to, like, spend, like, a weekend going to Pennsylvania Dutch country, see how it goes, then decide. Also, is this, like, when he's just started? Yes, it's supposed to be. I think he's only been doing it for, like, a month. Uh, I'm sorry. Bruce, real quick. This is your secret identity, not your gym membership. You don't need to quit after a month of doing it. you got to kind of hold on to that for a little bit. It's kind of, like, part and parcel with being a superhero. (laughs) That scene is also where we reveal that the Joker always says, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? And he says, I asked that of all my prey. Except for so far, we've seen Joker kill Grissom, the Italian guy he electrocutes. Eckhart. The guy that he throws, Eckhart, the guy that he throws the, the pen into, all four of those people, he never says that to him. He only says it this one time, and at the end of the movie... And when we find out that he's the one who killed Bruce Wayne's parents. I also like that uh, sometimes the scriptwriters come through with what they mean to say directly through a character. And I think that happens when someone asks him why he says that. And his response amounts to, it sounds cool. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds cool. I saw it in a movie once. Bruce Wayne also puts a piece of metal in his chest, a little plate, and then is shot in the chest, which begs the question that Dumb and Dumber ask. What if he shot you in the face? Yeah, because I was I was reading up on some of the script writing, and one of the script writers mentions that that Batman lore suggests that he wears the yellow emblem on his suit to draw gunfire to it. Yes, which he's is not true. wearing the suit; he's wearing an ugly suit, <laughs> and he has he has what is essentially a plate <laughs> tucked into his shirt. Yeah, thank and God he didn't shoot him with a bigger caliber, like a bigger caliber gun. You can't secure that. He's just got it, like, just wedged in there. Like, he's like, I don't know how he's keeping it there. And speaking to your point about bigger caliber bullets, did you see the plate when Vicky picks it up? That bullet is firmly through it. It has gone. It has made a specific bullet shape. It has definitely left a dent in his sternum. I do love that he grabs it and goes, aha. (laughs) It's a big moment with it. He's really, he had just seen Back to the Future. But, you know, that's always just because, you you never rub another man's rhubarb. That is true. I that is a lie that the Joker fucking said. Well, let, let's cut to the end now. The Joker Ugh. has come up with his plan. He's going to have a parade, which he's going to give away. I think it was $20 million. He shows up doing some great dance moves on top of a float in which he's just throwing money at the crowd. Crowd's super psyched. 
Batman shows up and at well before that the balloons begin to swell and produce a toxic gas which kills everyone. It, it, well, they say it's kill, gonna kill everyone, and then it's and then it's on for a long time. But when they make crowd shots, everyone's fine. In fact, no one's left yet. They're all kind of there. And not only that, but my <laughs> my my brother Jeff pointed this out. He's like. Look at these people, like, after he climbs off and Batman's taking the balloons, there's still people running up, like, where's the money? It's yeah. like, you just saw him kill a bunch of people. But Batman shows up in his bat jet, which he, oh, I, we forgot to, I forgot to mention the Batman sends his car into the Axis chemical plant and blows it up with 10 that is a, people inside of it. That is a lot of deaths. That is a ton of deaths. And that is the theme in this movie, is Batman... Either through action or tons of inaction, lets a ton of people die. He he shows up and begins to just fire machine guns and rockets into a street which we just saw was full of pedestrians. He and, and is he is the Man of Steel Batman in this movie. He just does not care how yeah. many people he kills. He drops literal grenades on top of the toes of henchmen and explodes them, and then shoots more of them. And then in the the jet scene, yeah. What is happening there? Because it feels like that scene in The Dark Knight. Yes, I thought the same thing. It's very. I almost wonder if they did that scene in The Dark Knight as almost like a return to that because it's, you know, the vehicle coming at the Joker who's in the middle of the street and he's like saying, he's saying essentially, you know, come on and hit me, hit me. But in the scene in The Dark Knight, like you can, you can feel, you can feel like Christian Bale's Batman shooting but not wanting to hit him. Like he's just Well, he doesn't furious. actually fire. When he's coming right. at him, he just oh, right. drives, he drives at him, and, and you get right. the idea that he's like, I can't. Oh, I want to do this. Because my whole thing is, if I kill, then I'm no better than the criminals. Yeah, in this movie, he's got a targeting system. He locks a archaic-looking Star Wars X-Wing targeting system no, that one, the onto X-Wing the Joker. Was better than that. And, and then just holds the trigger down. And not just bullets. Cartoon missiles come off of that thing. Four of them, if I counted correctly. Yes. With, and and, and nothing like, hits. Yeah. Nothing hits. He conservatively, I mean, he must just kill half the people in the street. It, it seems like he spent too much money on the voice control for his bat car and not enough money on the bat jet. Because not only can it not target anything, including a stationary Jack Nicholson, but <laughs> it also has apparently tissue paper for armor because that cane gun just the joker has just fires right through the cockpit like one shot causes the plane to crash at best that gun's a 357 that is insane you if you shoot a car with a 357 you know unless you get a real lucky shot it's not going to do anything also did he get armor piercing bullets for his cane gun do they make those who makes cane guns how was he he sitting down with that gun in his pants earlier (laughs) good point good point well, Batman's plane crashes into the steps of a mammoth cathedral, <laughs> but they go inside, and it looks like the inside is filmed on the set of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Real quick, before we progress, we glazed over an absurd scene, which is when the Batjet, before engaging the Joker, flies up above the clouds and then pauses in front of the moon to form the Bat logo, like Bat symbol, and then goes back down. Brilliant. You know you. I know when I was a kid, I loved that. I can. I, I admit that. I remember thinking that was awesome when it happened. <laughs> now I look back, and this is like when I watched an episode of Thundercats, and I was like, oh my god, I was an idiot when I was a child. Like, I, I must have had brain damage, Wait, or this, something was wrong with me. That scene speaks to, like, my biggest confused moment about this movie, is that I have no idea who this is for. Because... 
it's not for the 1960 fans of the Batman TV show because it's only a little bit goofy here and there. Um, it's it's not for kids because there's a shitload of murder and people's faces being blown apart and a lot of drama and talking and sitting in rooms. So it's not for kids. But then there's these scenes where it's like, yeah, it's like it's aiming at like an audience is like, oh, like that's 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 cool to you as a kid. But as like an adult, you're like, why did that have to happen? It is. Have, it is also were, definitely insane to think that this movie's only rated PG-13. That cannot be right. And how many people <laughs> die? But I guess I mean, Man of Steel, I think, was only rated PG-13. And that's true. Yeah. That's implied death. We'll we'll cover that when we get to it. Anyhow, but, Cathedral. Yes, Dr- Dracula. They go into the cathedral, which is unlocked and is covered in like 300 years worth of dust. The Joker starts walking Vicky Vale up to the top of the cathedral and he radios for help which i found this out is that john peters actually commissioned the building john peters is uh, one of the producers of this film uh-huh. uh if you ever want to hear some great stories about john peters go watch the first evening with kevin smith where he talks about when he met him to talk about uh, the superman movies and his obsession with giant spiders which he ended up putting in wild wild west <laughs> He commissioned the building of this – he told Anton first to build this cathedral and had that uh, Warren Sakarin, Sakarin write in this whole ending and didn't tell Tim Burton. And they ended up making the movie over budget by doing this. But they put this scene in. Vicky Vale and the Joker climb up there. Batman climbs up, walks up the stairs, forgetting that he has a grappling hook. Uh, he gets up there, <laughs> and there's four Joker henchmen up there that we never see walk up there. Yep. So where do they come from? Did the they, Joker, they, like, at the start of the parade, be like, hey, go up there real quick, just in case something crazy happens. I just need some people up there. Especially you, Asian guy. The only the only Asian guy. Ninja, the guy who is, like, in his 50s and has white hair. I need you up there, too, so Batman can kick you through a wall. And token black guy. If you could be up there, that would really help me out. I, I I also like that uh, if it, it it definitely sounds like the theme from Beetlejuice is playing when they're going up the cathedral stairs. It is Tim Burton's got a thing. He's got he's got a very specific music taste, and it uh, it repeats itself. Definitely. So that's uh, so the end. There's a scene that I the creepiest scene I find in the entire movie is when Vicky Vale tries to pretend to be sexy to distract the Joker and starts like kissing up his arm, and then it, like almost looks like she has like an orgasm because he's wearing purple that was the creepiest thing in the movie i was like "Ooh, no no more of that stop trying to be sexy you you don't know what you're doing do you do you know who also found that creepy jack nicholson he looked like he's got a permanent prosthetic smile on but i think i saw him frown in that scene yeah, i think i saw like, him Ugh. really concerned for what was happening he's he like, looked, i read this in the script i thought it was going to be way hotter and then we end the film on a ledge gag Great. Yes. Uh, Way to bring us to the apex. The Joker pulls Vicky Vale and Batman over the edge of that wall as if, like, he's just picking up a gallon of milk. No no effort. And and Batman's in a suit of armor. Like, he's in his fucking armor. It's heavy. And then they're hanging there. But we find out once they fall, Batman just shoots his grappling hook. So why didn't he just immediately grab Vale and just drop and then shoot his grappling hook? Uh, And then he wouldn't have been able to murder the Joker. Who I feel like the real murderer is the helicopter pilot who decided to just sit there after the Joker grabbed onto the ladder, not fly away, not fly back over the cathedral and lower him down, not try to land. He's just like, he's really struggling down there. Huh. And the two guys, his two henchmen that tried to help by going, come on! 
Come on. <laughs> we got to go play another Prince song and dance around. The Joker ends up dying by being strapped to a gargoyle. A gargoyle and falling to his death. Just like the comics. Yes. Which some it's people nice. say this could be a nod because in the original really? Batman, he constantly would die at the end of this comic and then just come back. And it was always supposed to be like it just seemed like he died. And uh, we'll, we'll cover that here in a second. I got another fact for you. But the end of this movie, there was a – at one point they were saying that the Joker was going to come back for another movie. And they were going to have it be that his body disappeared from the morgue and he wasn't really dead. That's how it ends. Jack Nicholson, the Joker's dead. Batman decides that he's going to be with Vicky Vale since she now knows his secret identity. That is until the next movie when she's entirely never mentioned. <laughs> There's a lot happening here behind the scenes that you can you can tell really destroyed any any chance at a trilogy or continuity yes, of any kind. There is some very interesting stuff. Here's just a, a couple of quick facts that I, uh, you might find interesting. Willem Dafoe was one of the early choices for the Joker, but he did not get the role. Uh, Shame. Jack Nicholson wanted so much money, and he wasn't going to take the role. The studio offered it to Robin Williams, what? but only so that Jack Nicholson would say yes. And when Robin Williams realized that they had offered it to him for that, he refused to ever be in another Warner Brothers movie unless they apo- I mean, until they apologized to him. They apologized to him and tried to get him to play the, the Riddler in Batman and Robin, and he said no because he was still mad at him. Wow. Sean uh, Young, the female uh, replicant in Blade Runner, yeah, was originally Vicky Vale, but on the first – like in the early days of filming, there was a scene where they were riding horses together, and she fell off and broke her collarbone. And so they had to recast it. Oh, man. I love her. She was fantastic. Yeah. And then the first choice for Bruce Wayne Batman when this movie originally came up was Mel Gibson, but he had to turn it down because he had a contractual obligation to appear, appear in Lethal Weapon 2. Shit. I don't Mel Gibson may have been a good Bruce Wayne. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like Mel Gibson. Horrible person, apparently. Oh, yeah. Great. Awful awful guy. Like his movies, though. I want to push him off a ledge, but yeah. As, I, as you may have recalled in our mini-episode, if you listen to it, uh, I talked about how many times Vicky Vale screams. The final count was she screams... <laughs> Did you count... 23 times is what 23 I got. times. That's how you write a female character, everybody. Yeah, that's when your distinguishing character trait is screaming. Fantastic. Uh, is there anything else we missed that you wanted to talk about in the movie? Yeah, I did find a quote. Uh, it says here, the quote is from Tim Burton, but I think the quote is from me. Uh, the quote is, I like parts of it, but the whole movie is mainly boring. It's okay, but it was more of a cultural phenomenon than a great movie. Yes, he has apparently. I've I've read stuff where he basically blames the production, the pre, like John Peters. He blames Warren Sacren. I'm not sure how you say his last name. It's S K A A R E N. He blames him for rewrites. He blames all this stuff, but in actuality, he really. I I'm not 100 percent sure why they asked him to do this because he's he's stated in an interview that he's never read a comic book. But that's a whole nother it's a whole nother turn we can go into later. So that <sighs> is. That is Batman 1989. Now we're going to do a little a little segment that we're going to include in all of our shows. Uh, right now I'm just going to call it uh, Sequential to Cinema. This is where we're going to talk about how well the film represented the comic book and – or if it even represented it. It did not <laughs> at all. <laughs> I don't know how to really – I mean they did some great stuff. The Joker is clearly based on the, the early run of the Joker where he was a gangster who wore makeup. 
Yeah, they did add him to be crazy, but he's definitely more that more of a soci like more of just like a murder, like a mass murder with less of the sociopath humor in it. Uh, this film did create the name Jack Napier for the Joker, which in a rare occurrence, usually in movies when this sort of thing happens, they change it in the comics. They had him use it once as an alias, but that is not his name. So, yeah, uh, Vicky Vale was actually a character created back in 1948. Uh, and she was created by the original Batman team of Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Bill Finger is should really be credited with a lot of the great things of the uh, Batman mythos. And side note, uh, I also read this and forgot it, but um, if this is seen the very early shots when Knox is talking about Batman and no one believes him, and that that sketch artist shows like a, a picture of, of 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 the Batman, and it's like a comical cartoon bat person. Do you remember yes. that scene? Uh, Bob Kane drew that and autographed it. It's actually you can see his Bob Kane yeah. signature at the bottom he of that was of that shot. To have a cameo, but he got sick and so he didn't appear. But that was his cameo. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, uh, just to, to give him a little bit of his props, Bill Finger. If you don't know who he is, go look it up. He basically came up with Batman dressing like a bat, the Batmobile, Robin. Uh, he helped come up with the Joker. He came up with he came up with the look of the Joker. He did a lot of stuff, and until recently, he's never gotten credit for his work on Batman. So, that's yeah, something. Uh, the production company in DC gave Tim Burton the first year of Batman comics before they introduced Robin. So all of his comic knowledge of Batman would have been set in the early days where Batman did kill people, and he didn't really have a clear mythos. I guess that would explain some of the choices they made. I mean, it's hard to say if it's if it's close to the comics or not because I mean, there's so much. It's, Batman's one of those characters that's been around for ages and interpreted in different ways, um, and there are some standbys, but some of them are more modern standbys than others, like his no killing. But I mean, like, I don't know. Oh, classic issue Batman's like issue. 20 24 25 like those issue batmans he uses smoke bombs you know he he descends slowly from like the roof with capes yes. and, and shit and that, that that stuff is held up in the yeah. movie well, pretty they, well they so. do uh the the sort of especially the retcon joker origin of him falling in a vat of chemicals they do the joker gas which makes people die with a smile batman goes to visit crime alley there's a bunch of little things they put in uh that were nice but that like you're like oh they were trying to appeal to the comic book audience but then none of it really is the the Joker's not really the 1940s Joker and he's not really the 80s crazy Joker Batman kills people but he's supposed to be like all about law and order it, it's just like the movie was a real mismatch and how much of that is from the rewrites that were done on set I'm not sure but I would say as far as a, a film a comic book film adaption this one is. I would say middle of the road as far as hitting the mark of. Yeah, it, it it's it's like you say. It's as if they had two writers, and one of them knew really early Batman, and one of them knew really sort of more uh, current Batman, and they both just kept chucking things in until you had this like backwards, like like to and fro kind of um, interpretation of Batman. Yes, and there was definitely some issues with the production and weird stuff. Tracy Walter, the guy who plays Bob, was only brought into the movie because Jack Nicholson said they had to hire him because he liked him so much. <laughs> who you? The only thing I've known that guy for besides this is he's in uh, Conan. Really? Yes. I've never recognized him before. I, yeah, he's, he's in the first one, not the second one, or he's in the second one. I forget which one's which. I would say, like I said, middle of the road for comic book adaptions. It's not the best... It's far, far from the worst. But there you go. Anything else you wanted to bring up? I, I hit all my notes. 
Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I want to cover a quick thing we glazed over. I'm sorry. I know we've moved on past it, but just, just I want to, I want to just talk about one very small scene in which the the reporter Knox is on the um, jumps onto the hood of Vicky Vale's car as she drives to escape the gas. Yes, remember that? Yes. He, he's thrown from the hood into a pile of trash, and just feathers come out, like a lot of feathers. And there wasn't like a a couch there with like pillows. I mean, he just falls into a trash bag that was just feathers. Why? There was a guy there who practiced Santeria. He had to get rid of the chicken feathers somehow. <laughs> Somebody in props had to put a bag full of feathers on the scene and then shoot that a couple of times, refilling bags of feathers. And then she just I, like I leaves don't... him there. Yeah, she just leaves Which is him definitely him. also a weird turn. And apparently, originally, he's supposed to die at the end. He was originally supposed to die trying to save... Maybe he did! No, because <laughs> he's at the very end of the movie. Oh, right. Which, where they introduced the bat symbol, but... Yeah, it yeah, is definitely because apparently the yeah because that's, that's a weird point too because the city seems to be like oh Batman you're our best friend now and like that's not usually how the city views Batman they don't really they don't really take him with open arms well, certainly not like when you look at the events so far it's like he killed this Joker guy who some of us didn't even realize was evil until he tried to kill people <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> dude that's a good point he caused huge people... amounts of property damage. To the people on the parade, he's just, like, a nice guy giving out money. Batman shows up and fucking shoots everybody. Oh, it fuck. is real harsh for him. Yeah, that is that is not a movie. Again, I think my last just final point is that movie just needed to have everyone get together and sit down and say, okay, who is this for? Who is this going to be for? Because we got to pick an audience. But we do have to give him credit because this is probably, while Superman films had already been out, you know, they had come and gone. Superman 4 had killed that franchise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Batman sort of relaunched the idea. Because if you look from the time Batman comes out, there's a comic book movie at a pretty good clip until now, the modern age, where there's like a comic book two or three times a year. It's so true. This... There was a Batman-Spider-Man lull in there yes. between those two franchises. But you're right. No, this was really the the, the beginning of the superhero movie chapter. And which is still happening yeah, in, in a much bigger oh, this, way. How yeah. much money do you think? Did you look up to see how much money Batman made? No, but it was the highest grossing movie in 89 of all, all the movies. I haven't compared to what else came out. I don't know if two men and a baby came out of that movie. I don't know what, what you like, compare it we to. We know that. What's Lethal it? Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2. All right. Yeah, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it grossed yeah. $251 million. Oh, in, the, that... in the list of comic book movie adaptions, it comes in at number 15. For really? gross. If you adjust it though, assuming that all movies, all tickets were bought at the same price, it's actually yeah. the fourth highest grossing superhero movie of all time. This movie was just a. This movie was was just. It really just came with its own phenomenon. It didn't like. It didn't deserve it, but the Batman like the Batman concept and the Batman like story is so strong that it just brought it with it. And was able to like ignite this excitement for the film, even though it wasn't a good movie. And it, it definitely, I mean, I think this created a genre of cinema that had died out. But this is, this was sort of. I'm sure uh, we'll find out. You know, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, that's the end for, for Batman 1989. If you 
disagree with us and think this is the greatest film. Oh, real quick before I get to the the final plugs, uh, would you recommend people see this movie? Would uh no. I I'm I'm no. gonna go against you. I would say watch it, especially. Ugh. It's not a good Batman movie. It's not a good movie. It's not a great I movie, appreciate, but it it definitely if you can watch it with some people and sit around and kind of joke about it. I had a lot of fun watching it with my brothers. We were making fun That's of it fair. a lot. So it has it's it's enjoyable. It's I had to watch it in two it's parts. It's definitely could, sort I, of a long. I watched yeah, like I the first half by myself, and then when my brother was coming home, I found out when he was coming home, I was like, oh, I'll just wait, because that'll line up perfect with when we're going to do this show. And me and him yeah. had been talking about it, so I was like, I'll, watch, I'll get my other brother, and we'll all watch it together. And the first like hour that I had already seen, I was like, oh my god, this is really slow. Because I, you know, I had just watched it like four days before, so it, it, it's not like the sort of film. There's movies that I can watch like back-to-back, and it does not seem slow to me. Right. This is not one of those films. Nope. <laughs> now, if you're listening to this and you disagree with us, or there's something in the movie that you can't believe we didn't bring up and talk about, or if you have any comments, you can hop on our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash naospod. Leave us comments there, or you can tweet at us at naospod. It's pretty much the same for everything, because uh, you can't – not another origin story is too long to p- put as a name for a Twitter account and to ask people to remember. We didn't think that We through. did not. That was something I, I – afterwards, I was like, man, I should have picked a shorter name. If you'd like to follow us there, you can tweet at us. Uh, hopefully, these will be up on iTunes and on Stitcher soon. If you got this from iTunes, please go and review us and leave us – You know, if you liked it, leave us a five-star review. It'll help other people find it because non-reviewed podcasts don't show up in searches right. So if we can get a few reviews, it'll help other people find us, and it's a good way just to make us feel loved inside. Because, you know, clearly we've got issues because we, we purposely made ourselves watch this movie. And then recorded a podcast. We're desperate for praise, please. Yeah, we did this. We recorded this and then, and then processed it through some sort of editing yes. software. We did all of this. Yes. And Ben is like an actor and you know how needy they are so if you can just holy shit you have no idea ugh, it's i'm gonna have to placate him for like 15 minutes after this is over mm-hmm. if you want to follow more of ben you can find him at the disco pony on twitter uh you can also follow the strange log which is his other twitter account if you're into games it's a great little account to follow you can follow me on twitter at it's pogues or you can follow me on Instagram if you want to look at the art I do. I think that's it. Did you have anything you wanted to plug or mention before we go? Uh, not at all. And if anyone out there has any ideas for watching uh, a- another really good comic book adaptation and has something to say about it, we'd be happy to potentially bring you on the show, provided that you can um, you know, be funny. And not funnier than us. Well, no. I mean, how could they be? Also, if there's a movie that you really want to hear us do next... Send us a message on Facebook. Uh, we'll be posting on there with little blurbs. Or just, or just find me in the streets of Chicago and screaming at me. Just screaming at me on the That's train. That's true. And I'll, I'll write it down. But make sure you're like within a foot of him and then scream yeah. so it looks even creepier. I want to feel your breath on my face. That's why I know you're, you're, you're for real about yeah, it. And then he'll, know, he'll feel that love. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. Join us. We'll be back in a week with a uh, another preview episode, which will tell you the next movie we're going to do. We'll probably talk about a little nerd news if there's anything to talk about, or we'll end up just... Oh, don't say nerd news. Now they're, gonna, they're not going to tune yeah, in now. That sound terrible. I apologize <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Join us for the, the mini episode to find out what movie we're watching next, and we'll see you then.